Welcome to this post-game media edition of Talking Hoosier Baseball. Uh, today is Sunday, April 23rd, 2023. It was not exactly a competitive day at Bart Kaufman Field yesterday. The Indiana Hoosiers dominated the Ohio Bobcats in a 17-2 route, clinching the weekend series. Luke Sennard allowed two runs in seven innings, both from solo home runs. He produced a 1-2-3 inning in his final inning of work. Tyler Cerny drove in six on the day, including two home runs. Josh Pine paced the Hoosiers with four hits on the day. After the game, the media spoke with head coach Jeff Mercer, Cerny, and Sennard. Yeah, puts us in a much better position to have some of those guys back up. It gave you know Craig a day up the blow and Reisdorf, uh, Phillips, those guys gave him another day and it also gives us a chance to, to, to manage tomorrow with kind of how we look at Tuesday and then and then into next week. So our kind of our goal going into today was to hope that we could get him to seven. He hasn't been to seven yet, so his pitch count was still in a, in a good spot. He was at eighty going into the seven, so we felt like you know, worst case he's at fifteen pitches, he ends up at ninety five. I don't know what his total pitch count was. Finishing the day, but we, we thought we could keep him in that seven or in ninety-five pitch range and get him that seventh inning, and, and he did exactly what we had, we had hoped to do. And he did a wonderful job, mixed really well. Was able to they can really hit a fastball. Was able to hide the fastball, and then in that that third time through, that fourth time through the lineup, was able to use the fastball more and had some guys in between and kind of guessing. So that's really his strength is the ability to use all of his pitches. The curveball was better today. The splitter was back today, which was really exciting to see the splitter back and, and to both righties and lefties. And when he does that, he's he's kind of a kind of a freight train to handle. After the poor start at Penn State, you mentioned that the next start he came out with a yeah. much more fire. Did you see that yeah. same fire there? Yeah, 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 exactly. And it's, he's a young guy kind of going through it, right? He's a young guy going through it for the first time. And 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 Luke's terrific, right? Great kid, great player. He was a little emotional last week and the only way can hit, right? You have to land pitches. If you're if your cutter's up and over the middle, they're gonna hit it, right? And everyone has a scouting report now. And, if you don't have the splitter and your and your cutter is up and over the middle and you don't for them if you don't get fastballs in they're, they're going to hammer you and so they were all over him and, and he was emotional and frustrated and all, all things that young people do that we all that we all kind of go through and today he was he was good he was aggressive he got fastballs in when he was supposed to get them in landed the splitter the curveball was a really good pitch today for him and and mixed you could just see he was he was poised he was confident uh, but he was also fired up to pitch and, and that's what we have to have from him. Your, your staff ace needs to be the, the leader, uh, you know, physically, but also emotionally and kind of spiritually as he goes out there, the way he carries himself, his body language, how he is in the dugout, everyone kind of feeds off of that. And so when he's locked in and when he's super competitive like that, everyone else is as well. Is the mindset any different this year? I know we kind of talked about this last week, but this is a little bit different. And last year, obviously, you were only playing for a Big Ten tournament spot. So as much as you wanted to win the weekday game, there was in non-conference game, there was really nothing at stake. This year, you know you're in contention for a host spot. Your RPI is high enough. You're probably going to make the tournament. Did you approach it any differently, knowing that an at-large bid is at play this year and these games now matter more this year versus last year where all that was you know in play was what spot you get in the Big Ten tourney? Yeah, I mean, I, I won't lie. It is like... I've talked to the guys a ton about the, the privilege that it is that every game that you play now matters. And it is a privilege. It's an honor to be able to do that, to look at it where every day is a playoff game now. And, and they had to earn the right to put themselves in that position, to have every day matter, to have every day be a playoff game, and to have to show up and compete to the best of your abilities every single day. And so, yeah, it is. Like, we, we've, we've talked about it. And, you know, I kind of gradually worked that conversation in with the kids where at first it wasn't it's probably three or four weeks ago now. Obviously, I'm kind of looking at the numbers and, 
and to kind of look at the, the rest of the schedule and kind of see how things are playing out. And I kind of gradually worked that conversation in, just introducing them to that stuff and not wanting to kind of throw it on too quickly. And over the last three or four weeks, as that's become more of a reality, uh, you know, certainly after this past week, just communicating to them, not the, not the host stuff, not the not that necessarily, but we, we're playing obviously for a Big Ten championship, but we're also playing for an opportunity to get to participate in the postseason. And that every game matters when you're playing for not just the conference, but also for the postseason. And that's terrific. There's, there's you, know, you know, 50 or 60 teams every year that are playing uh, for those opportunities this time of the year. And so we, we just need to, to continue to be our best every single day. But it, it doesn't change the fact that, that the message that we've preached for years, which is uh, to, to just control the things that we can control and play all 27 outs to the best of our abilities. But I do think that reminding them, especially as we play so many young guys, reminding them that today is a critically important day. And, and not to look up afterwards and be like, man, I, I wasn't as locked in as I should have been. I wasn't as engaged as, as engaged as I should have been. And I missed an opportunity to go out and play as well as I could today. And if you win, you win. If you lose, you lose. But let's make sure our mindset's in the right place. So we have those conversations, but I don't, I don't belabor the point. I'm not, I'm not um, you know, bringing it up every day all the time. Uh, but it is a conversation that I think if I didn't have with them, they would obviously see through and, and know that it's something that we need to talk about. Carter Matheson worked a pair of walks and then a lot of deep counts in that monster home run. What was different about his approach to the plate today? He was a lot tighter. His turn was a lot tighter. He came out, he was out early this morning with Coach Bedford on the field, and he's just had some some length to the swing. He wants to get the ball up, and that's great. But if, if when you when you watch from the front side, and I get to watch him from the front side as a left-handed hitter, when you watch a guy from the front side, there's a huge space in their front oblique where there's a ton of space here. It's usually just length, length on the backside, there's length to the barrel, and so we're underneath balls, and we pop them up, we foul fastballs back, and you know, we, we've got to be able to get to leverage counts, and we get to leverage counts at them hard, or take our walk. And so he was much better about that today, being he was tighter with his turn, he was on the ball more, and, and then he forced people into the strike zone, and if they didn't if they didn't land it, then he took his walk. So I thought today was one of Carter's, uh, really his better days, of, especially the last month or so, but yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Your other sophomore, Josh Pine, uh, also had a phenomenal day. Yeah. What, what he seems to be gradually coming along better and better. What's yeah. what's happening there? Really, the, really the same thing. Kind of the same thing. He was out early this morning as well, and you know he and guys want to get the ball in the year, and, and, and I want them to get the ball in the year. But we get the we don't get the ball in the year by by creating length on the backside, and that's always like the first thing that a young guy does is they almost like kind of drop their hands a little bit, or they open the front side up, and they they lose the barrel. In an attempt to get the ball in the air, and we kind of talked about it. It's like, Josh, you have got to, you've got to trust your body to create your bat path and your flight trajectory, and be really tight up top. And and Josh isn't a big guy; like he's not he's not six two, six three, six four. So it's a little harder for him to get the ball in the air just from his natural lever levers. And he doesn't hit the ball 110. He's not going to hit the ball uh, hard and high. He's going to hit the ball hard and on the line, hard and low. And, and he's, he's good enough to be able to be a really effective offensive player at like 10 feet off the ground at 98 miles an hour. And so he was really good at that today. He was tighter up top, he was in good counts. He didn't try to do too much and try to get the ball in the air and play, we call it through the line, right? If there was a line that was head high across the field, can you play through the line? And did a really good job of that. Wind blowing out today, is there any element that you have to, t or is there any kind of conversation you have to have with the guys to make sure they aren't trying to just get the ball up in the air? Yeah, I, th I thought, I didn't think we were very good. Kind of those middle three or four innings, we had, you know, five or six, three one counts, two one counts, where we pop balls up. And you could tell, obviously, we were just trying to get the ball up in the wind. And 
and it's just not good enough. And I, and I know, again, you know, I'm sure they're rolling their eyes at me in there. When I, I know we won by a lot, but we just we left a lot of opportunities. You don't know you're going to score four or five late. You don't know what that's going to be. The wind's blown out. They're really offensive, and and we, we weren't good enough in those three or four innings there when, when opportunities were given. And I thought we kind of fell into that into that trap a little bit. And uh, we just we have to be professionals every inning, every at bat. And, 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 and you do that long enough, it eventually goes your way. And again, we won, I get it, but if we're going to talk about being our best every pitch of every game, then we have to hold true to that standard. Whether we win or we lose, you call a spade a spade, and, and we did. We, we try to talk about staying through the line, play on the line. If you hit a line drive, Carter Matheson's home run. He's six foot three, 220 pounds, strong as an ox. Like it's just a line drive. He just hits a line drive, just happens to go 420 feet. You know, uh, Tyler Cerny, both of his home runs are just, there's line drives that ride out of here because he's strong and the wind's blowing out a little bit. But you just don't normally see high, you don't see home runs get up off the bat. They get out off the bat. And that's also what doubles do. So we have to give ourselves room for air. And I didn't think there, like in the fifth, the eighth, or fifth, the seventh inning, we were, we were, we were very good. The offense in general this year, it's, I mean, baseball, I mean, offense is up in college baseball, but in general, your batting average is sitting right around 300 as a whole team, and there's very few, like, anybody with a low average. I mean, this is much more what happened in 2013, 2014, you know, with the teams with Schwarber and Travis. It wasn't just them. It was the entire lineup, you know, was a hard out versus you're back to that. I mean, you've had some years where you've hit a lot of home runs, but you were down at 250, and there were some guys at the bottom who weren't doing great. How different is it this year, you know, to have a constant lineup where all nine guys, you know, are a threat? Yeah, no, it, it, that's a great point. And we, we, you have to have all, all nine guys. And, and you have to have guys on the bench that can push the guys in the lineup. And, and if you want to be able to, we, we try to get the seven runs. We always have about six or less defensively and get the seven runs. If you want to do that, you're, you're dependent. If you only got five or six guys that, that can really change the game offensively or be dutiful at least, then you're, it's really hard for you to get to that. You know, Pizzeria today lines out twice. It may happen to you. May, you may scorch two or three balls, but if you have nine guys that have the same quality of an at bat, some guys may hit the ball to the ballpark, some guys may not be able to do that, but you just can't have guys that go up there and, and, and swing a swing a foam finger, right? Swing a pool noodle and, and, and can't impact the baseball or, or are unwilling to take a walk. On base percentages king. And home runs are great. We need to have instant offense, that's that's awesome. But a, a solo homer doesn't win games. They take a lead on, on a solo homer. And they hit two solo home runs today, right? And they don't win games. Three-run three homers win games. Two-run doubles win games. And so we've got to be able to take uh, what we can do offensively in my, my skill set and apply that to the game. Like, how can I impact in a positive way? And my, you know, Morgan, Morgan Coffey comes in today and takes three walks. That's a great day. That's an awesome day. It's, statistically, it's the exact same as three singles. So what can we do to impact the offense in a positive way? And we have guys that are, that are buying into that. We have guys that are doing that. I think our, our our training environment's good. We've gotten better as we've as the longer we've done it, and we've also been able to have their the recruiting classes impact the program. When you have enough guys and you're able to stack those classes up, you get enough guys. We have the depth to be able to push guys. Look at Sam Urison comes in today, gets a two-one fastball, and bangs a double to right center. And you just have to have guys that can push uh, the starters because I, I was 19 and 20 years old at one time. Our mindset wanders, and, and, and sometimes we don't value success, and sometimes we don't value how hard it is to continue to have success. And so pressure is good, and the fear of keeping my job every day is a good thing as well. And then finally, 
you mentioned that the way the ball was launched the angle too high. Do you think, obviously, I was the only one at Illinois last week, but a couple of those Sunday kind of got Ray up there. Do you think they, that maybe what happened last Sunday at Illinois made him want to swing at some of those high pitches thinking they could get out with the angle? Well, the guys that hit him last week are, are you know, Devin Taylor is a, is a different human being. So, you know, Glasser hit that ball pretty well to left center, but his was more in a line. You know, he got it up and he spun it. So usually when you see guys that spin the ball the other way, ball spins better the other way if the wind's carrying it kind of like Cerny's ball to right field. But the one that Devin hit so high, he still hit 104 miles an hour. It's just very few, there's very few people on earth that can hit a ball 104 miles an hour at like 35 degrees, but this doesn't happen very often. So he's a unique case. Most guys that hit the ball up like that hit it 84, 85, and it's gonna land at 330 feet to right center and it's not gonna get out of here. So yeah, it, 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 it when, when somebody hits a homer, then all of a sudden it's like, if you like that, watch this. And I hit this, you know, super high, you know, majestic fly ball. The center fielder catches in the back pocket. We just gotta stay through a line and and just keep moving along. The uh, team clinched its seventh straight uh, series victory. I know you've talked before about some things behind the scenes, but in this yeah. sort of, I guess, seven week stretch, what has been the key sort of factor to that consistency? Would you say? I would say the key factor, and I, I don't, I would, I don't know that this is as common knowledge as it is in house is between Coach Glant, Ditton Sagerman, Zach Brotherford, and Derek Simmons, their ability to adjust over a weekend with our shifts and our pitch calling. If you look at from a Friday to a Saturday, Sunday, now again, we have snow on Saturday, so I understand that, but we consistently get better at mitigating runs over the course of a weekend, and we do it time and time again. And we they do such a great job. They watch video, so all that stuff is, is dumped into a, into a database they watch every pitch they watch every video we get updated stats during the course of the weekend what pitches landed what didn't what pitches got hit where and so over the course of the weekend we're able to shift more and more we get more uh, feel for it Denton's able to pull all the all the state all the data all the stats and apply that to coach Lance watching all the video so I think you know our ability to succeed over the course of a weekend is, is primarily due to our ability to adjust in, in, in real time over the course of a weekend to, to be better. We're, we're typically better in every facet the longer we play somebody. And that's not always the case. You look at a lot of teams, you, you may, you, for someone to be better, then someone has to be worse. And so that, that means that there's a lot of teams that are unable to adjust, right? You have the same trick that continues to get guys out or you, you play the same defensive alignments the whole time, right? And you're like, how many ground balls are gonna go in the six hole for trying to up? how many ground balls are going to go in the four hole or, or what have you, right? And, and so I think the, the, the assistant coach is doing an incredible job being very, very detail-oriented, very hardworking in, in preparing the kids and put them in the right position to be successful. I mean, look, look at Illinois for a perfect example last weekend. You know, the, 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 the data says one thing, and that's different from a pitch calling standpoint than maybe what you have. And so we were able to make an adjustment after the first game to, to, to throw fastballs inside, essentially. So if you look at how we pitched Keaton Anthony from Iowa. Now, he got hits, but he didn't do damage. So it was just like you feed him in and you feed him up. And it's like you're going to have to hit one of these two pitches. And so after the Friday night game, we were able to make an adjustment, and we really were able to limit them the rest of the weekend um, with just the, the, the adjustment of pitch calling and locations and sequences. If you look at the Friday game, and it's like, gee whiz, they – we threw, I think you were there, you threw your four, four of your better arms, you got hit, what are you going to do the rest of the weekend? It's like, we're going to go back and watch the video and make adjustments and, and make sure that you know, we're executing pitches where we need to be at. So 
I think that's probably the primary reason as to why we've been able to have the, that success and win the weekends. And that's your job as a coach. Your job is to is to do your homework, to make adjustments, to coach them, and to get better over the course of, of the weekend. And, and I think those guys have done a wonderful job of that. Certainly not me. I'm not the one pouring through the notes. I'm the one asking, what do you think? And they're the ones making the decisions and did a great job. Did the, more? Did the coaches use that sort of system as frequently last year? Well, yes and no. We have a different program that, that's really helped. You know, we were able to kind of pick some, some, some guys' brains this past summer about what was coming out, what, what, what platforms essentially combined all the data and then and gave us gave it to us in a, in a, in a more easily uh, decipherable or readable format. And that's really helped a ton. And it's given us some shifts. So you kind of have your straight up, your kind of like your in-between and then your optimal shift. And then second, the, the second piece of that is we had we had most of it, but if you can't execute, then, it, then, it, then you're pitching out a shift, right? So you, Carl, you and I have talked about that. If I, I can have a great shift, but if I miss by the whole side of the plate, it's, it's irrelevant. Now I've actually made it worse because I've got the center second baseman, I got a right-handed hitter, I got the second baseman just to the right side, second base, short stops over, third baseman's straight up, first baseman's over, I've exposed the entire right side. If I call a, if I call a one, two sinker in after a slider away and he rips it to the outside half of the plate, now we just, we just give up a single in the four hole and we, we should have just played straight up. So that was the hard part oftentimes was not knowing what we were going to get from an execution standpoint. And, and we, we made it worse at times. We would do these shifts and then it was like we just shot ourselves in the foot. We should have just played straight up. So a ton of it you have to give credit to the kids that are going out there and executing pitches and and being able to, to do what they're asked to do so then we can help them. And I think once, once they've seen that it's like, wow, if I go out and just execute my pitch, we can essentially put three, four, five guys in one part of the field and really help you. Then it's then I think it's a kind of a perpetuation, and, and they want to do it even more so. Are there similar changes on the offensive side to that? We were, were I think last year was our best job as I've been in Indiana of, of kind of putting a system in that really works for the kids here and for kind of us, right? We made some adjustments, and we've we've just kind of rolled the same system out. Um, and and it's, I think we've gotten similar-esque results again. And I think you can look at the success that the freshmen are having as an indication that the system has worked again. So uh, as the – I've actually given less information or Zach has given less information to the hitters, more direct feedback or, or information to them that's more, I think, more applicable. So it's not a, a really super in-depth scouting report and more – uh, video, out pitch, pitch by count, and, and then what we're going to have to do from a game plan standpoint to, to have success. So it's pretty similar offensively for the most part, um, and, and I think it's kind of ran its course kind of the way. Now, I'd, I would probably stay pretty close to, to where we're at kind of moving forward, but that, that, that's a really good question. Uh, our coach was just kind of talking about the midweek scouting process that you guys go through and then as well over a weekend kind of the details that you guys learn and then how you apply that uh, I guess in your perspective you're in the lineup every day how different is your approach and kind of the way you're seeing pitching uh, Saturday and Sunday versus Friday um, you know I think it's usually the same every every day you know we come to the field and prepare the same way um, you know Um, last 
you were in a bit of a slump till that last Illinois game. You picked it back up again. Is there something you've changed, or is it just the ups and downs kind of of being a freshman that your hitting was strong and it went down a bit, and now, you know, since the last five or six games, it's really been strong? Yeah, I mean, I think that's just baseball. Sometimes <laughs> that happens where you're just kind of in that mental state where uh, you're just not seeing the ball the way you should be. And then uh, the second, the third Illinois game, I just kind of, something, I figured out something. I don't know. And uh, just, it's been, Stuff staying like that for the next couple of games. Uh, in the past five to six games, you hit a little bit more uh, home runs. Has there been sort of a considerable change to your approach or your swing or anything like that? No, I would, I would say that my approach has kind of gotten back to what I was before I started to, uh, you know, be in that slump. Uh, I've been seeing the ball really well, uh, opposed to you know like a couple weeks ago. Um, I'm seeing the curveball down. I'm not chasing a lot, um, and I'm hammering the. the pitches that I get in the zone. How important is it for you to stay on your game defensively no matter what you're doing at the plate? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I pride myself on my defense. Um, that's what uh, Mercer's always told me, that defense will keep you a spot in the field, and it's always important for me to stay on top of that. Um, in these first two games, you guys go down first uh, only by one or two runs. That sort of can take me uh, – into what the atmosphere is sort of like in the dugout where you guys walk in after being in the field, only down by one or two runs. What's that like? Uh, just that we've been there before and we know how to, you know, we're, we're, we know what we're capable of. Um, we're going to put runs on the board, so that's never really a concern for us uh, going into those kind of innings like that. You've had a, and this is an issue specifically for this game, but you've had a couple of, of, you've been deployed in a couple of interesting shifts where you, you were really close to almost in being in the first base position. Um, and you almost kind of have to communicate with Philip as to, not with Philip, but, but with, uh, with Brock about, you know, who's going to get the ball. Can you kind of just walk me through some of those plays? Yeah. Um, so we have obviously a scouting card of all the hitters and where to play and where to position ourselves. Um, but usually we'll just kind of, Go off what we see from what the batter's doing. So, like, we see if I see a lefty that's you know early on every pitch, pulling off of everything, I'm gonna shift more into the outfield to take away that little full single into the, the four hole there. And then I'll always tell Brock if I'm behind him to if there's a ball just a little bit to his right to let it go and just go to the base because I'll get it and throw it. Same thing for a righty. Uh, if he's early, I'll play more uh, up the middle. Does that info card kind of? Explain a little bit how the pitcher is going to pitch to the batter, or is game playing to pitch? No, to the it's just kind of uh, hitter tendencies on if they pull the ball or if they push the ball. After the outing against Illinois, how did it feel for you to bounce back and kind of turn into what we've seen a lot this season? A lot more, a lot more zeros on the board, I guess today. Yeah. So uh, Illinois was an anomaly for me. I, I don't know. I just didn't didn't have my stuff that game and. Throughout the week, uh, focused focused on throwing harder, like with more intent throughout the week, and uh, landing my off-speed pitches again for strikes, which really helped me. Just like in uh, just like in Iowa, just went back to that game plan. He threw seven innings. That's a season long for anybody this year on the team. How big was that? With how much the pitching staff is got to be used with the double move? Um, well, I think that's huge for the team, yeah. uh, given our pitchers, our bullpen, a little bit of a break. Coach said that you had your splitter working today, so you can just talk a little bit about that pitch and how it was able to, how you were able to work it in today. Well, 
to be honest, I only threw it one time. So <laughs> <laughs> it was mainly my curveball that was working real well okay. today. Um, landing that for strikes. They, uh, I think they were sitting fastball most of the time, so getting my off speeds for strikes were a big key to success. After the team put up a four spot in the second, how did that feel for you to come back out and pitch with the lead? Uh, going throughout the game, I always feel like I have the lead. Uh, trying to get my offense back in there, even pull up more runs. To be honest, whenever uh, my offense has the lead, I feel like they uh, they get down the other team. And it's just easier easier to pitch. You have given up a few home runs this year. Other than that, you've been pretty locked down, but at times you have given up more home runs than some of the other pitchers. How are you able to maintain your focus and not let it snowball on you that you're able, once you give up a home run, you know, you settle right back in and you pitch very well? Um, well, giving up home runs is part of pitching. And um, you're going to make a few mistake pitches every now and then. It just happens that they hit them, they hit them more than I would like. Mm -hmm. But um, but you just you just got to gotta wipe it. You got to. In some of your shorter outings, such as like Penn State and Illinois, you've come back the following week, Iowa and Ohio today, uh, with just really fantastic starts. Is, how, how does it feel to sort of be back here, and is it kind of like a home base after sort of those road starts? See, I, I don't really know. I think those road starts to me are just, I couldn't even tell you. I, I, it doesn't bother me on the road, because in the beginning of the season, I was on the road against two huge schools, Auburn and Texas and uh, basically just being home helps but I shouldn't it shouldn't be like that on the road anymore I think I'm gonna I'm gonna try and crack down on that you mentioned pitching with more intent throughout the week uh, I think it was after your Illinois start you said uh, against Iowa you came out with more fire did you feel that kind of same fire today I did I came in pissed off <laughs> uh, feel like those games that I go short I get a little bit of rest, a little bit more rest, and I, I get amped up through the week just thinking about it. I want to go back out there and prove again, like, I'm not that, that shit back. That concludes this post-game media edition of Talking Hoosier Baseball. Indiana has one more game with Ohio Sunday at noon. See you at the BART.